We are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for small groups. There's events calendars so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts. So be sure to check out our app. You can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app. And find links to download the Bayshore Church app. Well, good morning, Bayshore. What a delight to be with you. I bring you greetings in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life, who was crucified, dead, and buried, and on the third day he arose from the dead, where he ascendeth up into heaven, where he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The Bible says that on that last day, that great and final day, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the uh, archangels, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord, and so shall we ever live with Him. Can you say amen? Can you give the Lord a clap offering today? Huh? All right. Now you know my theology, and now I know your responsiveness. The quicker you respond to me, the quicker we'll get out of here. The quicker you listen to me, the quicker we'll get out of here. What a delight to be with you today. Uh, I was, got a little nostalgic as I drove in today and uh, saw the new building going up, and I praise God for that, but uh, boy, I'm, you know, I uh, remember the old building, and I preached in the older building, and I actually, my wife and family stayed in that older building, and yes, that, that means I've been around a long time. Listen, we love your pastor and his lovely wife. We have been friends with them for 40 years. I know they don't look that old. But 40 years, and, uh, and really our, our history began in a small group. I understand you've been getting ready to do small groups, but our history began in a small group. I was leading a small group, and Danny and Karen came, and uh, they led worship for us. And a friendship was born there that has lasted for 40 years. Listen, you need a friend who will stick with you through the times that are good and bad. And that friendship is formed in those small groups. So let me encourage you to join the small groups that they have here at Bayshore. Will you do that? Will you do that? Will you do that? All right. Okay. Well, listen, I... Um, have a message that I really have burning on my heart, and um, over my, the course of my life, I have run uh, five marathons. The last one was the New York City Marathon, and people, when I tell them that, ask, why in the world would anyone want to run 26.1 miles? 
I have no answer for that. And, uh, but, you know, in, in my running, uh, what I found out in these marathons was I generally made it to about mile 22 or mile 23, and then I hit what was called the proverbial wall. And that's where all of a sudden your body is completely depleted and you are tired. Every joint, every muscle in your body is aching and cramping and you're fighting a mental battle about whether or not I'll ever make it through. It it is a wall that is a tough wall to overcome, but I'll be glad to tell you that I did complete each of those marathons even though I had to fight through that wall. I'm here to tell you today that I really do believe not only do we have physical walls in our lives, but we have spiritual walls in our lives that oftentimes we need to pull down. They become bondage to us. They become issues in our lives that keep us back from achieving all that God has for us. And so today I have, I'm going to be preaching a message called No Battle Plan, No Victory. No battle plan, no victory. And I'm going to draw from our uh, uh, Bible today a story that is all too familiar with you. And it is a story about a battle. And it's a story about a young man who was called by God to lead this uh, group of uh, Israelites into the promised land. But as they came into that promised land, there was a fortress a walled city that they had to overcome in order for them to move on into all that God had for them. And you know I'm talking about Joshua and the battle of Jericho. That is an amazing battle, amazing battle that has never been repeated in history. And I want to tell you, it is a mighty miracle of God in what he did through Joshua and what he did through the Israelites. There was no wall that was going to stand in the way of God. There was no wall that was going to stand in the way of Joshua. And I'm here to tell you, if there's a wall erected in your life, whether it be pornography, addictions, uh, bad marriage, illnesses, or whatever else, I'm here to tell you today that God is able to topple that wall that you're facing today. That's a good place to say amen. That's a good place to say amen. Amen? Amen? Because in this life, we have struggles. In this life, we go through things that make uh, life very difficult. And we find ourselves oftentimes getting caught up into things that would bind us up and keep us from achieving the great things that God has for us. And I want you to understand that Jericho is not a fictional story. It is a real story, and it's talked about time and time and time. It's immoralized in the scriptures, and I believe that in that story today, we're going to find some things that will help us uh, pull those walls down. As I got to look at this, I want to read to you out of Joshua. Uh, We'll look at Joshua chapter 6. I'm just going to read a couple of verses to you. They're not going to be up there. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This shall you do for six days. 
And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. For by the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpet. It shall come to pass when you make a long blast of the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall flat down, and all the people shall go up, every man to the battle. You know, as I began to uh, study this and began to want to demonstrate some type of uh, video to you, uh, there's just not any contemporary videos out there about the uh, Battle of Jericho and the falling of the wall, except for this one that I'm going to show you right now, and it may be all too familiar to some of you. Go ahead. Hello, my name is Joshua. And God has given us this land. Thank goodness for VeggieTales. At least they got it right. Amen? You know, as I begin to want to ask you this question today, what Jericho are you facing in your life? Because I believe that each and every one of us really have to check our heart, and we have to determine what is a formidable, impenetrable uh, stronghold that we are experiencing in our lives today. And so that's really what I want to talk about is because buried deep in each and every one of us is the desire to be free. In fact, that is one of the themes of the Bible is that you and I can experience freedom in Jesus Christ. And my question today, are you experiencing the freedom that God has given you? You know, when we first come to the Lord, we experience a great deliverance. We experience great freedom. But then as we begin to live for him, the enemy comes against us and tries to pull us back into some type of bondage, some type of disability, some type of uh, things happening in our lives. And he throws these things at us. And if we're not careful, we'll allow those very things to become the walls that become very formidable, big walls that need to be pulled down. And that's what the whole story about Joshua is. It, whether our battles be about finances, whether it be about careers, health, relationships, we strive to overcome them. We may find that we may be sinking under the weight of some type of addiction, some type of bad relationship. All these things is that these can become walls of Jericho in our lives. And we have to ask ourselves how we're going to pull these down. I think about a family, a young married couple who get, to marry, get married and have this great design of marriage, thought of marriage, only to find out through conflict and everything else that all of a sudden it going is getting, uh, the, it's, it's going rough and they decide to seek out a divorce lawyer. That's sad. I think about the uh, war veteran who goes off to war without any plans of being injured while he's there. And then all of a sudden, because of a debilitating blast, he comes back from that war, not only with the injury, but with you know, trauma from that. And, and I was a drill sergeant for eight years. I know about that. I deal with that. I talk to men at the VA, try to pull men out of the, the darkness of depression and try to get them plugged back into society. Because how many of you know there's bondage and a stronghold in the things of the past and we have to overcome them? 
I, I think about parents who have this beautiful young baby, and they're so thrilled, and they're showing it off, and they've got great plans for the future and everything else. And all of a sudden, uh, this child, as they go into their teen years, all begin to get involved in drugs and bad relationships and cutting and, and all these things. And that beautiful baby, they look now has a stronghold in their lives. I think about the one young woman who said, I'm going to remain pure all my life. And then all of a sudden, just in a moment of weakness, she has a relationship. And not only that, but she finds out that she's pregnant. Not only that, she finds out she has HIV. I want to tell you, the enemy does not play fair. He erects strongholds in our lives and tries to destroy us because that's essentially what the Bible says that he's come to do. In fact, I want to read to you out of John chapter 10, verse uh, 10, if you'll put it up there. John chapter 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some translations say abundantly. Others say that I want you to have the best life that you can have. I want you to have a life of fullness until it overflows. That's God. That's what he wants for your life. How's your life? Is it overflowing with the presence and the goodness of God in your life? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But God is giving us the victory through his son, Jesus Christ. I don't believe that there's a stronghold or a wall today in this place that God can't pull down. Can you say amen? Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. You see, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, for freedom has Christ set us free. For freedom has Christ set us free. And all I could do is just yell out today, Freedom! is yours, freedom is mine through Jesus Christ. But so often, instead of turning to the one who has the design and the power to set us free, we turn to other things. We turn to other friends. We turn to self-help books. We turn to anybody except the Lord himself. I want to tell you today, all those things may be good, but there's only one thing that will pull down that wall in your life, and that's Jesus Christ, and he's here to do that today, and I really believe that he will take you out of your despair and everything else that you may be experiencing. You know, as I thought about these uh, enemy strongholds, as I thought about Jericho and how, the, how uh, Joshua and his band of men, how that they had to come against this wall. One of the primary things in war is that you've got to find out where the enemy is, and then you've got to root the enemy so that you can go ahead and win the battle. When we were experiencing D-Day and when they were taking those ships across the channel to, to France, they had to send a force ahead that would determine where the German bunkers are because from those bunkers, they were raining fire down upon our troops as they came out of those ships and everything else. And not until those bunkers were destroyed were we able to take those beaches and eventually move on in and save France. You understand, you had to pinpoint what the enemy and where the enemy was and what he was doing in order to get the victory. And that's essentially what Joshua was encountering here. He had to pinpoint what was going on, and obviously it was those walls. Now listen, 
Jericho, by all means, wasn't really a big, big fortress. In fact, they've done some archaeology digs and found out that Jericho probably uh, uh, was on about 8 to 10 acres of land and probably only had about 20,000 people in it. And, uh, but it was surrounded by two walls. It had an outer wall that was 15 feet high. And then 15 feet back from it was another wall which was 30 feet high. And in between those two walls, they had slanted buttresses there. And uh, if an enemy would make it by some chance over that first wall, then they found themselves in what we would call a killing zone because now they're looking at a 30-foot high wall. The archers are up there shooting down upon them. And so all of a sudden we see it wasn't just that big. It was the way it was designed. And there was no way that the children of Israel were going to be able to overcome and breach that thing except by the power of God. Except by the power of God. You see, Satan's ultimate goal is to separate us from God. And he puts everything in our way to keep us from experiencing the vast presence and goodness of God. He doesn't want you here at church. This is a great Labor Day weekend. We've got two free days off. Amen? And I commend you for being here on Labor Day weekend. Thanks for coming. And now tomorrow you're going to have a picnic. You're going to roast, you know, cook hamburgers and hot dogs. You're having the freedom. You're having a free day. Listen, the enemy does not want us to be free, and he wants to make sure that strongholds and walls are established first and foremost in your life, and it generally begins with the mind. If you don't take control of what he's putting in your mind, you'll find that there'll be a wall and a stronghold erected that will ultimately defeat you. I think back when I was in college, I went to Virginia Tech, and um, you know, it was uh, during the age of Aquarius. Uh, yes, I'm that old. Uh, it was during the age of Aquarius, and you know, it was a sexual revolution. It was the drug time. It was campus unrest and taking over buildings. You know, and I'm not proud to say today that I was involved in all of that. And there were strongholds that were erected in my life that continued until Jesus Christ brought down those walls. And I'm here to tell you, if I've experienced the power of God to destroy walls in my life, you too can experience that power of God to bring down the walls in your life. I'm just thankful that God gives us an exit strategy. How many of you enjoy traveling on the interstate? Aren't interstates good? It just makes the trip go a lot quicker. But you know, interstates wouldn't be good if they didn't have an exit ramp. Thank goodness they built exit ramps on the interstate so that if we need to get off to get something to eat, if we need to go to the restroom, whatever, we can just go off one of those exit ramps. Listen, God is your exit ramp from the walls and everything else, the strongholds that are in your life, and you've got to call on him and allow him to help you off of that time, off of that uh, thing that you're having in your life. If you have no exit strategy. Now listen to this. this will, if, you're, if you're tweeting, if you're on your phone playing around right now, um, you know, uh, I'll find out. <laughs> but you can tweet this. 
If you have no exit strategy, you'll have no victory. If you have no exit strategy, you'll have no victory. But let me give you uh, three things that I see are very prominent that we can learn from this story so that you and I can have these strongholds in our lives come down. And today, by the end of this service, strongholds are going to come down in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say amen? amen? That just gave me a pause to drink water, okay? All right. The first point I see here in Joshua is that you've got to be deaf, dumb, and quiet. Say that with me, deaf, dumb, and quiet. And you may say, well, what in the world is that all about? Well, first off, you've got to be deaf to the taunts of the enemy. As I begin to think about this whole situation, I can imagine that Joshua and his men, they would go out and they would march around, uh, you know, those walls seven times. And then, I don't know if you know, but then they went back to camp. And they spent the night there. And then they went out the next day, marched up, suited up, went out and got ready and went around again. And as they're going around, I can imagine the enemy, that little cartoon, we saw those two guys up on the wall. I can imagine those enemies were taunting them, were ridiculing, going, hey, sissies. You're not going to take us down. These walls are protecting us. You're a bunch of losers. Look at you. You don't even have ladders. You don't have anything to scale this. I would imagine they were throwing rotten food down on them, carcasses on them. I imagine it was going a pretty rough time. And yet they just kept marching and marching. They go back to camp. They get up the next day. They go out go around seven times again. The whole thing, the whole scenario would go over again. And uh, so, you know, they had to be dumb to the taunts, or excuse me, deaf to the taunts of the enemy. How many of you know the enemy tries to put things in your mind? He tries to get you to think on wrong things, bad things, things that will destroy your life. And you have to be deaf to him. The Bible says we put on the helmet of salvation. We put on over our head to to quench those fiery darts and those thoughts and everything else that comes from the enemy. And so you and I have to be deaf to what the enemy says to us. Can you say amen? amen? Okay. Then we have to be dumb. Now you're probably going to get offended at this, but I'm not calling you dumb. I'm just saying we need to be dumb to our own thoughts. How many of you ever done a little self-talk? I'm just no good. I'll never amount to anything. I just can't overcome this. I'm just kind of stuck in this way. How many of you know those very things can begin to set up some type of stronghold in your life? I was thinking about the children of Israel, you know, as they're walking around and, you know, kind of looking at those big, formidable walls, and they're going, you know, Joshua's going to get us killed. This has got to be the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. Who ever heard about just walking around walls, blowing trumpets, 
and then them falling down. This is crazy. And yet here we are day in, day out doing this thing. I, I don't know of a worse battle plan. Uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking maybe somebody ought to take Joshua's place and get a better plan. You know, these are all those type of thoughts that I can imagine would just running around in their minds, them thinking about what's going on, thinking about how this is going to turn out. But you know, they needed to be dumb to their own thoughts. Because see, what God wanted in place of their thoughts was faith. Hebrews tells us that the walls of Jericho came down by faith. See, Faith doesn't come through your understanding. Faith comes through your trusting God. And you can't have faith if you keep saying those dumb things about your situation. You've got to take your situation and say, my God is more powerful and I will see these walls come down today. Amen? Amen. The last thing I said, quiet. Deaf, dumb, and quiet. In other words, they just had to quiet it themselves. The Bible talks about how that... You know, we uh, have this perfect peace if we just uh, keep our minds stayed upon the Lord. And that's what they had to do. In the midst of it, they just had to be quiet, let their minds stay upon the victory that God was going to give them. And if you're here today, my dear one, and you have got a stronghold in your life, you've got a wall in your life, you've been battling it for weeks, you may have been battling it for months, you may have been battling it for years, you may be sitting there saying, it ain't going to happen, it's not happened before, I've had other people pray for me, I'm still stuck in this, quiet! Let God arise in your midst. Let God demonstrate to you today that he is the all-powerful one and that he is here to pull your wall down. All the way down. Not halfway down. It came all the way down. And Joshua and his band of men were able to rout the enemies. Well, there's one other thing that I want to point out to you in this story. There was... The shout of obedience. Say that with me. Shout of obedience. Because they came to a point when Joshua had been told by the Lord how this was all going to take place. How it was going to come down. God's plan was not through weapons, not through ladders, not through digging tunnels. But God's plan was that you just go there and you just do daily what I've told you to do. So by them getting up every day, they demonstrated obedience to the plan and will of God and that God was looked upon their hearts and he said, I've got some people here that are going to do what I need them to do. When God tells you to do something, you get up and you go and you do it. That's what Joshua did. I don't even think Joshua argued with God. Say, what? You want me to go back and tell my army that, you know, you want us to march around seven days, and then on the seventh day, another seven times, and then the ram's horns are going to blow, and the walls are going to come down? (laughs) You're pulling my leg, God. No. I think he said, yes, sir. I'm going to be obedient to what you're telling us to do. Yes, sir, I can do what you're calling me to do. And so, if Joshua had not gotten up 
and gone down to Jericho, those walls would probably still be there today. If Joshua decided, we're going to cut this short, we're going to walk around uh, the, build, the uh, place seven times today, and then we're going to go ahead and blow the ram's horn. If he tried to do that first day, guess what? The walls wouldn't come down. Joshua had to do it God's way. Joshua had to be obedient to what God was telling him to do. And that's what's going to happen here today. If you want your wall to come down, you're going to have to be obedient to doing it God's way and allowing God to move in your life and be obedient to him and get up and do what God wants you to do today. Can you say amen? Amen. A number of years ago, I began to um, experience excruciating pain uh, radiating down my arms. And it kept getting worse and worse, and I had all kinds of things, went to all kinds of people to see what was going on. And then all of a sudden, in the process of it, began to have excruciating radiating pains going down the back of my legs. And it got to the place where I was in such pain that I could hardly get out of bed. Pretty bad when a preacher can't get out of bed to go preach on Sunday morning, isn't it? My wife would say, get up, you got to go preach. And i go, oh, honey. And she'd have to help me dress to go down and preach, or even to get up and do anything. I went to the doctor, uh, went to an orthopedic guy, and finally what they found out is I had what they call stenosis. And that's just a a little calcium deposit, both in my neck and in the lower part of my back, that wasn't touching the spinal cord, but was crowding the spinal cord. How many of you know the spinal cord doesn't like to be crowded? And the way it responded was through this excruciating pain. The only way the orthopedic surgeon wanted to do it was through surgery, just cutting open my neck, cutting open my back, and cleaning it up that way. My family doctor kept saying, David, I don't want you to do surgery. Don't want you to do surgery. I want you to, we've got to find another way. Well, I said, you better find another way. Because I'm going to let you know, I'm despairing of life. This pain is excruciating. And so he said, well, let's do a series of injections. So he sent me to uh, this lady who started a series of injections. And uh, the first injection, she could only do three. And the first injection, I got about a week's relief. And then it came back. The second injection, about a week's relief. And it came back. And the enemy is bombarding me like you're never going to be healed of this. You're going to be in pain all, this, all your life. You need to end your life. You need to give in to this. You see, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. Went back to the pain ma- management doctor. Of course, you know, saints, I had everybody praying for me all over the place, praying for me. But it wasn't happening. That wall wasn't coming down. And then finally... I went in for the final shot on that pain management, and um, she said, you know, this is the last one I can give you. I said, I know, but please give it to me. She gave it to me. A week went by. No pain returned. I'm here today to let you know that God brought the wall of stenosis down in my body. Can you say amen? He destroyed it. That wall came down. 
And my doctor, my family doctor, when I went back to him, I said, Dr. Pod, Potter Recchi is his name, and I said, I am free. I am pain-free. And he goes, David, he said, I have always wanted to see somebody have a miracle, a patient of mine have a miracle. All my other doctor friends have seen miracles, and I've never had one. He said, David, you're my miracle to the glory of God. Amen? You see, God pulled that wall down. He destroyed it utterly. And I have been pain-free and been being beat by your pastor at tennis time and time again, day in, day out. You know, I tell you what, he doesn't care about my pain and defeat. But I'm free from it. And I'm here to tell you today that you can be free yourself. You can experience. See, I said if you don't have a battle plan, you won't have a victory. You don't need to remain a doubter or a powder any longer. You get up, you be obedient to what the Lord is saying to you today, and your walls will come tumbling down. Amen? Now here's the way we're going to close the service today. We're not going to do a Jericho march around this building. Some of you, that just freak you out. But what we are going to do is if you're here today and you have walls in your life, you know I've been speaking to you by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you, today is your day. And so what I'm going to do is have you stand here in a few minutes and then we're going to pray a prayer and then we're going to shout. Did you hear me? I don't want one of these, oh, praise God. We're going to shout. You're either with me or against me. Are you with me? Okay, that sounds good. Now here's what we're going to do. We're all going to stand. Because those here that know that they've got to deal with something very seriously today. I don't want to embarrass them. Don't want to embarrass them before their family, before their parents, or whatever else. But we're all going to stand in support of those who are dealing with a mighty wall that needs to come down today. And when I pray the prayer of the walls coming down, then this whole congregation is going to shout. Amen? Amen. Can you do it? Are you there to support your friends who are battling this wall coming down and shout so that they can be invigorated and you can say, I'm standing with you to the victory and the glory of God. Let's stand to our feet today. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, now remember, when I say amen, we're going to shout and walls are going to come down. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story. But it's more than just a story. It's your word. It's your power working in our lives. And you demonstrating to us that you're a God who's able to take that stronghold and those walls that plague us, whatever they may be, Lord. You know what they are today. You know what they are in the lives of the people that are here today. And you're able to demonstrate your love for them by pulling these walls down. 
You're able to demonstrate to them that they don't need to be captive to it any longer, but Lord, they can walk in freedom today in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I'm asking that in this time of shouting that your spirit will be evident upon us and in us, and Lord, that these stronghold, these walls will come down to the glory of God, and all God's people said amen, and let's shout, yes, yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord.